0: Ciao, sono Gianfranco Zola e stai ascoltando da Rookery End.
1: From the Rooker Inn, and yes, that was Gianfranco Zola speaking Italian, and the translation for that will be up later on when we uh, interview least, the man. Or at least what he told us, the translation was. <laughs> yeah, we asked him to say it in the same way, but you'll, you'll figure it out. But anyway, welcome to From the Rooker Inn. There's three of us normally, we're lifelong what fans, season ticket holders of the end. Uh, and as always, there's me, there's John, there's Jason, hello, and there is Mike. Uh, afternoon, evening, uh, or good morning. <laughs> and uh, back for another podcast to help out is... Dave Levy. Hi, Dave. Hi, how you doing? There's plenty to talk about, and we're here at the Bradford home game. It's the second half. It's nil-nil at the moment, and there's it's a lovely puce kit, Mike, from, from Bradford there. Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: it's uh, startling. startling. Yeah, I, I have an issue with this guy. I
2: don't know if anyone uh, has been tonight and has got the programme. Have a look at Bradford's away kit. It's exactly the same colour as the home. Clearly a money-making exercise. I'm not happy. Oh, but Jason.
1: Well, they are.
3: out on behalf of Bradford fans. There.
1: Well, they are the lowest ex-Premier League side, aren't they? In the in the in the in the division. That's a good start. Thank Thank yes. of that. So they must still have that Premier League. We need as much money as we as we can. Did they make hold. loads
3: of money from the uh, Harry Potter scarf boom?
1: I think they. I think they did. I think they did. And I don't know if they sell those videos of
2: Stuart McCall falling off that van <laughs> when he was drunk <laughs> after he got from for the shoot. If they don't, they should do because that would make him a lot of money as well.
1: But coming up on the podcast, um, we have uh, our interview in two parts with Jan Francozella. We got to meet him the other, other day, Jason. What a lovely fella.
2: He was, wasn't he? A lovely fella. Uh,
1: and uh, we've also got uh, a song that, that Mike's written for, uh, for our uh, decatante. Is
2: that the right word for him? Uh,
1: what? it Decatant. Yeah. Sounds like
3: something that transforms. Well,
1: anyway. Lloyd Doyley has a brand new song written by Mike and it is, is pretty special. Plus we're going to have to talk about what's been going on the pitch, what's been going off the pitch and there's plenty to talk about. So let's crack on. A podcast
2: made by Watford fans,
4: fans for Watford fans,
1: from the rookery end. There's certainly a, a bit of a pace up front. We've got two of uh, 2 debutantes, not some two debutantes. Uh, uh, Steve Belek and also Beer. Beer. Beer and Belek up front. It's still nil-nil, but here comes the it comes cross.
4: Heads up. Oh. No,
1: unfortunately not. Hit
4: it, Lee. Hit it. Oh.
2: Oh.
1: No. As uh, as David just said, this game does need a goal of some sort or the other. And we've had a we've a, such an active first couple of games at Watford. There's plenty to talk about. So. We can't talk about it all in the podcast. So what I've done is, as you can see in front of us, lads, I've, I've constructed a Wheel of Fortune wheel and I've put all the <laughs> different subjects we could possibly talk about and we should sort of spin the wheel, decide what we're going to talk about on the podcast. So, Jason, do you want to spin the wheel for the first one? Okay, I'll give it a go. Okay. Oh, it's a bit stiff, John. Hang on. Right, so there's lots of topics in there. Uh, there's some stuff about the youth, there's some about the new players. There's Zola, there's, there's, there's formation. but We'll see what comes up. And the first one is all about, it's called the Watford Way. So since Watford taken over by the Pozzo family, lots of Watford fans have been talking about Watford possibly losing our identity and losing the Watford Way. And last week, on the Watford FC fan page, a guy called Steve Wybard put up a comment which sparked a thought in me, I want to see if it sparks a thought in you. Twice. Over the last few weeks, I've realised what the Watford Way is, and the identity of the club we now have owners that have more ambition than the club. The what for way is to battle through adversity to do okay. That's why Adi got us promoted because he wanted more than that. Now we have owners that want the same. Perhaps it's just me, but isn't it a waste of a lifetime to be satisfied, to be satisfied with mediocrity? Back the team, back the owners, accept the change change is swift, ruthless and necessary. Come on new horns profound.
2: Yeah, what like is that, the for way?
1: Well, I think it depends on what you want out of your football club.
2: Yeah. yeah. Some people might prefer seeing local lads given a chance you know uh, uh, and are proud to see players that we've put up through our academy making first team appearances and then going on to, to do well elsewhere. But also yeah other fans and, and probably the majority of fans you'd think want success on the pitch with the first
1: team. Well, I'm sure the, the Wheel of Fortune would give us a bit about the youth. With, it. I, th- I think EPP is one of the subjects on there. Oh, OK, but we'll to see that later. But it's the, it's the bit about what football fans want. And I'm, I'm, you know, I think I was actually one of the people who was happy being a mid-table championship what? team. And I actually, when I read that, I thought, actually, that's wrong of me to have that <laughs> ambition.
3: That's interesting, that, that, that phrase, the Watford way, is actually a thing that was recognised by, by the club. It is a, it's a phrase that Graham Taylor used more often than not, and in thinking about it and thinking about the fact that Graham Taylor used it, is that something that is perhaps in Watford's past now, is that something of yesteryear, obviously Graham Taylor, a legend of the club, but linked very much with the, you know, with the this, with this late 70s, 80s rise up the divisions and fond memories, and it very much was a community club battling against the odds and succeeding against all expectations. And maybe Graeme Taylor calling it the Watford way. That's that, that is the, the, the thing that Watford fans cling on to the most. It's at the fondest time for, for pretty much all Watford fans, thinking back to that that time. But have times have changed, you know, Jace alluded to it, what do what do fans want from their club? And I think you know it's the sky sports generation now, you've got football on tap, you're seeing the world's best footballers week in, week out on your on your TV screens, and you know, the younger supporters. Cannot be faulted for wanting that they want that at their club
5: Dave I think the, you looked at last season and we effectively finished as the 31st you know best club in the country and I think that's pretty good for a club of our size you look at our catchment area you know you can understand why kids uh, growing up want to go and watch premiership football and we have a you know we will we struggle to attract kids um, to come and watch us but the quick question for me is about sustainability in this model. Everyone talks about the Pozzo model. And whilst we've heard some really encouraging things about the brotherhood and the three clubs, how sustainable is it to import nine players are, you know, in the first place? Are they players that Zola wanted in? Are they players that Nani wanted in? Are they players that the Pozzos just want to get fit? You know, A good question that people have been asking is, why have we signed ten players, only half of whom have actually managed to get onto the pitch at the moment? We've seen it a few more tonight. So the key question for me is, OK, so we say we finish eighth this season. Good season, our highest finished in, in a few year, quite a few years. And then eight of the nine loan players go back. What next? And we've had these players who we've either had to farm out on loan from us or we've sold. And then we're left with a shell of a squad and we haven't actually moved on as a squad from last season. All we've done is sort of temporarily tried to answer some questions, and that would be my fear: is where do we go from here? I think the truth. I think the truth of the matter
3: is that people are. It's a very uncertain phase, and it's quite uncomfortable for a lot of people because because Watford have never had that at any level of expectation really, apart from when they were established as a First Division side. There's never been that. There's never been that need, and you know the fans have never. You know they've never expected. Um, Watford to be massively successful and therefore they've never that's never been you know that's not Watford as a club it just hasn't we haven't been in a position and I think now people are starting to accept that A the world of football's changed and that people demand whether it be a style of football, whether it be a certain level of success, you know that, that is now the situation we're in and also it's happened to Watford in as much as we've been taken over and taken in a radically new
2: direction. Well, I mean, the Pozzos did say quite early in the piece that what they want to do, what they're, their, their aim for Watford is to get them back into the Premier League. But what they also said is that it wasn't going to be instant success. It may take some time. So the, the statement's there, but we need to see if they can deliver it right now. We know it's been well documented about the, uh, the nightmare we had with the previous owner. So I guess in some respect, we should be grateful that the Pozzo family have come in and, and rescued us from that tenure, but also we can't just sort of let them go on merrily uh, and do what they want. This club, they, they, there needs to be some sort of structure to it. But um, but they've got a good background as well. So I, sort of, I I I think we can we can afford to give them some time, see how things pan out. They said this is a long-term project. David sort of referred to the loan players. What would be damaging? as if all of a sudden they realised this, this wasn't the thing for them, this wasn't the right place to bring the project, and they went away with all those loan players, then we could be in
1: serious trouble. Well, I, I, we, we had five questions, which we talked about a lot last year, for Mr Lawrence Bessinia, our former owner. But he, what are the questions that Watford fans have? Dave brought some up. If you have questions that you want answered and ask about Watford, what are they? Give us an email, podcast.fromthereccon.com. Or you can message us on our Facebook page. is facebook.com forward slash RookerIn. Or send us a tweet. I'm Rookery John. Mike's Rookery Mike. And uh, and you just put the ball over there. Jason's Chase Bailey. And Dave is one David Levy. If you want to send him one as well. This is is going to be ongoing. Let's see see what answers we get as, as we go along. And how we change a bit organically. But we do need to ask those questions fairly quickly. Agreed.
4: From the rookery end, here it
1: is. Time for the massive, big, humongous interview, part one, with our brand new manager, the Italian. You the Italian. Yeah. did. Jan Franco Italians? Zola comes time just as John was pondering there as
3: did the Watford defence and uh, Bradford have equalised
1: and we're heading towards extra time excellent so
3: fair play to those Bradford fans you've got something to celebrate yeah long way to come on a the right it must have been liquid.
1: but let's right now our mood by hearing our interview with Gianfranco Zola who is uh, pretty much a legend
3: well he's a footballing legend no doubt about it I think we all grew up in an era when he was uh, you know he was at his peak and uh, it was a uh, Apart from me being Watford man, was thrilled to meet him as a you know as a, as a great at the game. So here's part one.
1: Your first press conference, you said Watford are going to play the play football on the ground and, and passing. Where did for you where did that where did that start How, your philosophy in, in football?
0: Well, that's uh, that's weird. in all the teams that I played. I played for. We always try to do, to do that and uh, i know the potentials of uh, playing that type of football and uh, and i know that uh, through playing that football i became a better footballer so therefore that's why i'm convinced that uh, it's a good thing for for the club and for the players if we try to play that way
1: was there a team when you like so when you were growing up that that's sort of, that, your first sort of great team that you watched as a kid
0: the first team that uh, when i was a kid and i was growing up the first team i saw playing this type of football that i'm talking about it was brazil in 19, 1982 when Italia, Italy won the the World Cup in Spain, I saw them playing, and uh, you know they had a midfielder with uh, Cerezo, Falcao, Junior, Zico, and it was uh, Socrates. I don't know if you remember, yeah. and, and it was music. and uh, And I, I always been impressed with this type of play, and uh, and I'm delighted to see now Barcelona playing the same type of football that the, that, that Brazil was playing. So.
1: Because my, my first team that did that sort of football was the Liverpool team of the 80s they were the best team in the country yeah. well, if they were playing Europe they probably would be been the best yeah. team in Europe at the time um, I do remember them but it does seem to be a thing that it is the best sort of football to watch and it's entertaining but it can be hard to sort of in, in a league like the Championship where there are so many different mm-hmm. teams it's not one sort of demanding style from the whole mm-hmm. division
0: why? in the Championship uh, they yeah. don't play football? Well, they, no, they don't It's they play the football, football pitcher uh, different or they play with a different ball
1: well first of all but it's, 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 the, it's
0: the kind of point of
1: mm. the variety willing, the variety of teams yes,
3: so they're willing to sacrifice their style of play for results um, and but they we are, are not it.
0: talking about them we are talking about us okay. we, we, we are talking about what we're trying to do and and uh, Sorry, it's that's what we try to do, and uh, I know it's going to be difficult because there will be teams that, that they will not be interested in playing football. They will be chasing, chasing, uh, chasing, and uh, and, uh, and making it difficult for us. But uh, I'm not interested in what they do. I'm interested in what we do, and then we will see whether it's good enough or, or, or not good enough to win games. Okay. I believe so. It's that
3: interesting, then we it's see. It's the, it's the anniversary of the, of the first year where Watford ever got to the top division in 82 83. And we're looking back at, at that a little bit. And a lot of the players then saying, similar to what you said, we didn't worry about anyone else. We just had belief in ourselves. And is that something that, that rings true? We, need
0: to, we need to look at what we do. And we, we have to do what we want to do as best as we can. And then if it's not good enough, it means that uh, you can avoid defeat. if you are playing in a better team and they are are much better than you. I mean, forget, you lose it anyway. We believe that with this process, if we do this, we're gonna be competitive and we're gonna be better. And uh, therefore we we try to play, no matter what the the other thing. As simple as that, it's quite simple. uh,
3: it's, and it's very exciting to hear. As a Watford fan, it's it's hugely exciting, and yeah. like you said, it might work, it might not. No, I would like to. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you know, it's, no, it is very exciting. It it is something that uh, it can be enjoyable. The, the players certainly enjoy it, because I, I've been a footballer. And I know what the players enjoy, and we will have to be patient sometimes because we are just at the beginning of a long road, and uh, and so the support will be very much appreciated because the players. They will need confirmations, and the crowd and everybody giving them the right inputs will be will be good because you know it's we we are quite ambitious in what we're trying to do. So I think, we I think will supporters need it. are a
3: lot are willing to forgive maybe a loss if you're trying to do things the the right way. If they can see what's trying to trying to happen,
0: and I think. Do you know what? It's it's totally right what you said. Uh, one day. The supporters, they want uh, to see people trying to do something positive and, uh, and uh, they are willing to forgive you if, if you don't succeed once. That's, that's exactly, what, what, uh, that is exactly the point. As long as you're trying to do something positive,
2: then it's never a problem. Obviously, you always uh, also managed West Ham. Is there any reason why your managerial career has been over here rather than in Italy?
0: because uh, my family lives over here and, uh, and i love this country to be honest the reason why i played until 39 is because i came in this country and uh, i like uh, i like the, the passion the attitude and uh, the way people uh, face face sport in general, so that's that's why I'm here.
3: Is it very different to Italy over here? The
0: way it is. Yes, the mentality, the education of of the sport, the culture of the sport is uh, is on a is 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 better.
3: Because people would be surprised to hear that
0: because obviously Italian
3: fans very passionate. Um, club level, perhaps slightly yeah. different nationally. And they don't. I don't know they don't have as big away followings. Is that right? So to the away games.
0: Yeah, well, it, uh, it used to be. Now is no. I, I don't believe. Uh, I don't think they are as passionate as as they were. Plus, it's it's not a great moment for Italian football in on the pitch and off the pitch, and uh, it's affecting a little bit. Uh, it's, it's affecting everybody. So, even the supporters, uh, you know, we've had a few problems with violence and uh, stuff like that. It's, it's not
1: good at the moment. But if you so you, with the aim this season, you know, in the. Short term is to, to get promoted, but imagine you could be promoted to the Premier League, La Liga, or Serie. A. Which one would you prefer to be promoted to? To get Watford promoted to? Well, let's start with the
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> we start to get promoted to the Premier League, which is the easy thing. Um, now, right now, the Premier. To answer your question, I think the Premier League now is the best league. The Liga is fantastic league. I wouldn't forget the Bundesliga, mm, yeah. but the, the Premier League is the most competitive one. The, 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 the Liga is is a very high level, but within, within two teams. Mm. The others, there's too much gap between two teams. In, this, in, in the Premier League, the difference is that uh, there are four teams that they are quite competitive. Maybe not four, three, but three, they are very, very...
2: From the Rookery End, get involved. Go to facebook.com forward slash Rookery End.
3: It's my turn to spin the wheel. It is your turn
2: to spin the wheel, Mike. Give it a go. Here we
3: go. What
2: (laughs) what are you looking forward to getting?
3: Uh, (laughs) I love the opportunity to talk about the... standard of food here at Watford, whether it's improved or not. That's not on the the wheel. But here it is. What have we got? We've got... What's it say, Mike? I've got Give the Lads a Chance. Right. So what's this one about, then? I think this refers to the EPPP. Yes. Correct number of Ps? Yes, three. Okay. And so, obviously, uh, the club have announced uh, recently or since the last podcast that we wouldn't be applying for Category 1 status. The top category. We'd actually be going for Category 3. And uh, obviously, a lot of people were concerned I think because I think there was a feeling raged? yeah there was a lot yeah people were agitated I think um, I think there was the, the word was used downgraded wasn't it which I oh. think upset people and worried people a little bit um, who had perhaps oh, thought that because of uh, the standing that our oh, uh, our Sorry. academy had that we might be going uh, David's getting a bit carried away with a few <laughs> challenges it was flying Jonathan in. Hogg getting carried away <laughs> not
1: me <laughs> it, was a bit, it was over the ball it was. The EPP, which, what, what, just in case
3: no one knows, what is it, Mike? So the EPPPPP stands for the Elite Player Performance Plan. And in short, it's um, part of a long-term strategy designed to take um, new team players and make them better, quicker and more more equipped for a long uh, career in the, in the game oh, and to get them performing at the top level, or so they tell us. A lot of people are unsure about what it actually means, to be perfectly honest. But there are a few things we do know about the differences between what's coming and what happens now. There's going to be a four-tier academy system. They're going to be. This is quite an important one. There's set tariffs, i.e. costs and fees, to replace the tribunal system for the selling of homegrown players, so that'll be set. It's the end of the 90-minute rule, which used to dictate that uh, boys' uh, players had to come within a 90-minute radius uh, of the club. There's going to be increased payments to all clubs for youth development and it's coming in this season. So they're the things that we actually know about EPPP. But I think it's fair to say they're literally the
1: only things that are actually set in stone. And no one actually knows exactly details. This is it. This is what's going to be because it's, it's ever-changing, ever isn't it? No,
3: yeah, we tried to... We, we talked about this in the past with Nick Cox and, and Ross Wilson, who's now left. Good luck to Ross, by the way. Yeah. Um, and we tried to do a bit of digging at the time. Nick was very helpful, but since the announcement, we've sort of refreshed our, our interest and done a bit of research. But you Google EPPP yeah. and try and get anything that isn't 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 just common, but is actual cold hard. <laughs> oh! <laughs> what a goal,
4: that is. Score numbers have this evening
2: number 21 Ikichi uh, Nanya
1: Anya. do it in the first goal who needs, needs, needs U <laughs> team anyway yeah, yeah, but that, actually like, you say that but that's the, that's the point of the conversation <laughs> the point of the conversation is you know Watford fans were outraged by EPP coming in and us almost in the club saying we don't want to have a U system anymore we don't want to have the best system possible and my po- po- question is I'm not saying I'm this is my point but the idea that came into my head was why are we so bothered about having youth players or our players come through our youth system surely we just
5: want the best players on the pitch Dave I, I see the bait that, with which you're trying to tease me there John uh, I think you've been reading a few of my tweets no I think the thing about Watford has always been and it's part of the Watford way uh, that we talked about earlier on is that we always have developed our own players um, before the academy existed in an, on an informal basis, the gifted Noel Williams of this world etc and now on a formal basis you know we see Sean Murray was just there warming up in front of us before and we're enormously proud and you know it, that's what separates us out from different clubs is that we produce some of our own players and our model in terms of sustainability has been produce them, they get up to a certain level and we sell them and the concern is that what impact will EPPP have on that model? I think who knows? As you said, there are a lot of unknowns. We don't really know how it's going to impact. I think the thing for me is that I was really excited about this under-21 league that we were going to be in, um, taking on the big boys of you know United, Man United, and Chelsea, and etc. I think it's a shame that our kids are not going to be tested against some of the bigger clubs uh, in the country. You know, if our... they might still do because you can organise those you games can. behind closed you... doors. You can, but it's not going to quite be the same as a league. Uh, and I know it's not all about winning leagues at that level, but. Will the big clubs, bigger clubs, put out their strongest teams against us? I'm, I don't know. Um, all I do know is that it's something that we're quite rightly proud of, Harefield in the Academy, um, and it's something that I think Watford fans like about our club. It separates us from, from but, other clubs. But we, uh, we
1: were proud of, of of bringing through youth before Harefield Academy was opened. Jason, can you? sort of understand why the, the, the club, when I say the club I mean the Pozzo and the, assist, the new international coach, you know, uh, scouting system we're part of why they might have made the choice to not go and spend the money on being a category one I'm, I'm glad you asked me that actually John because uh,
2: I, I can and I can't and why I say I can't, I can't is because what I'd like to hear from the, the club is what the plan actually is they, they told us that we're going to be category three um, and we know about this, this excellent worldwide scouting network and we, we've seen evidence already of, yeah. of the players that are available to us through the Pozzo family, um, but just a little bit more definition as to why we've gone Category 3 and what we're going to do instead, how that's going to affect the players we've already got just a, a few questions that are out there that I don't think more have been answered more, more questions. questions, yeah, absolutely more questions Um, I think as a fan I'd like to see answered so yeah what happens to those players that that we've seen starting to come through those about the age of 20 or 21 that would have got that competitive football against the big clubs this year what are our plans for them Um, are we going to see more of our players going out on loan are we going to see more youngsters coming in from uh, the Pozzo family at a a lower age as well I I would would,
1: say that you know know, our loanies in the last few years in terms of filling out our, our squad have been young players from other clubs. Oh yeah. These are oh. young, young players. These are not experienced. Oh, yeah experience, there's absolutely
2: absolutely no denying that, that, that yeah it's just a slightly different way of using the loan system that, that we've we've benefited from quite a lot before. And, and there's there's no argument against whether these players feel part of our club mm. either, because Tom cleverly we had him on loan for a year and he got player of the season. So yeah. Watford fans do take these players to heart. There's a heart.
3: There's a difference between talking about the loan system and, and about an EPPP and what it might mean for, for Watford as a club. And I think Dave picked up on, on the thing that I think struck home for me and it is linked into that Watford way. It's about having, having someone to identify with um, and you can identify with them because you know your club has invested in them, has worked with them and has developed them into being a Watford player. And you've created that. And by, by supporting that, you're not just supporting the shirt, you're supporting the player and you're supporting the club. Otherwise, you just blindly follow the yellow shirt. Having said that, playing devil's advocate, how many to, you know? How many of our youth players, how many of our 50 graduates have gone on and have realised us big money? How many have gone on to perform really, really well in the first team? You've had to use a lot of them out of necessity, not to let them forget. We are coming, hopefully coming out of you know a really bad era financially and we've been struggling to make, en- make ends meet we've been making cuts and we've had to use the youth team uh, the, the, the Harefield graduates how many of those have actually made us big money and how many have performed regularly at, the,
1: at, the, at a really good level that, that's like the business side of it I think and you but know we're, we're, yeah, yeah, but, but we don't have to spend I mean if we want to be cash free one we would have had to spend in the region of two and a half million pounds a year on developing players I think personally I'd prefer to spend by five 500 grand players without spending that money in the category we've w- we always had youth coming through before it we'll have it after it
5: there will always be a youth set up at this club and those players will come through but will we have it after it because if you're a parent of a 8 to 10 year old or whatever and you see that this season that instead of playing Lee Hodgson we're going to play 35 year old Marco Cassetti in the A side uh, not the B side <laughs> thank you very much if you see that are you more likely to send your kid to Watford's academy or to QPR's academy I think in the past maybe I'm over being over dramatic but in the past you'd say well oh, my kid could be the next Lee Hodson Lloyd Doyley or Sean Murray but now the model's changed and Watford seem to be signing journeymen you could say um, on loan who've come here to prove their fitness and get some games um, personally I'd rather see Lee Hodson play than a uh, than um, Cassetti on the top deck, but, but that's but, the way it goes. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I think
3: the, the thing that the initial reason why everyone was upset about EPPP when it was originally announced were, was it felt like it was giving license to the top clubs to come in and get the you know the tariff or the fee structure yeah. was something that worried everyone, and I think that's still I think that's still the case.
1: And but, but, but I think what trouble is Watford were with the way that we bring our youth through in terms of selling a, a club to, to the. the, the Child, the young boy yeah. and his parents, was you're more likely to get yes. a thing. We're not going to give you the big bucks straight yeah, away, but no, you, you've got more chance of being a first team player. You're going to play for us. Yeah, yeah you're going my, to play my for my us. My point on that is and so that's so not, it it is not going to happen. You would expect or would that's happen at so all. But less we've got we've got, the Pozzos. We've, oh.
3: we've got Sean We've got Murray warming up in front of us. Now there's been oh, Ahmed oh, Abdi. His first touch smashed it against the post. Um, we've had um, Sean Murray warming up in front of us. Now he's been well publicised that people came in for him when he was very young you know, uh, I think Man City came in for him when he was very young, now he's obviously got a head on his shoulder, he's got good advice from his parents and he's decided to stay at Watford, now he could have gone to Man City and they would have paid a fee but there's nothing to, you know he could have gone, now look on the other side, Harry Forrester did go, he decided to, to take his chances and go to Villa There'll always be people like Harry Forrester who'll who'll decide to go, and there'll always be people like Sean Murray. There's, there's different makeup. They're surrounded by different people, and I don't think that will ever change. Um, and I do think that if the big fear is that the is the Premier League clubs or the the wealthy Championship clubs will hoover up all the, the young talent. Um, that's the worry at a at a at a cheap rate. Yeah. Um, but in the long term, I don't, I don't think that's sustainable because, say, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool are just hoovering up kids. Why, as a youth team player, would you say, go, I'm going to go to Chelsea when I'm not going to get in the first team? Yeah. Eventually, you know, the cycle will come round after the, the initial sort of joy of getting a Chelsea tracksuit and, and a free Ford Escort, you know. Ford and Escort a re- and
5: a rewind to 1982 <laughs> yes, <sorry. laughs>
3: yeah. and it will and the uh, I must point out the, uh, the Escort must be a cabriolet <laughs> but you know what I mean you know once that's yeah. worn off you find yourself in the reserves farmed out to um, I don't know and, and you know yeah. you've got to you've got to have hope for the, for the younger generation is that they uh, have a head on their shoulders okay, right? and perhaps
2: that's another reason why we're not going straight to one are, are we going to have a look and see how EPPP pans out and then maybe we will go category one in a few years time maybe when there's been a bit more success with the first team. Again, it's more of these questions that I'd like to see the club answer yeah. and tell us what the plans are with regards to what's the PPP, going forwards. More yeah.
4: questions.
2: More questions and more questions than answers. From the rookery end.
1: We love a good sing-along, and Mike, you've been, uh, you've been uh, doing some writing this month. This, I this thought, one. seeing
2: as it
3: was Lloyd's testimonial year, the year least we could do on top of organising his testimonial game was to uh, pen him a little song, so I did just that. To a, a current hit. Yeah, well, I've got a three-year-old daughter uh, who likes this song, so uh, it was going round in my head one day in the shower. Just conjure up that mental image for a moment, <laughs> if you will. It's my little treat for you this uh, cold Tuesday afternoon. Jason, no need to grimace quite like that. <laughs> uh, I'm glad it's cold as a
2: night, Anyway, yeah, here it is. Enjoy.
4: Pierre yeah, it just fell, it was my time I could tell, Fiali gave me a yell, and I was on my way, I got stripped down to my kit, I was nervous a bit, said to myself, let's do it, and I was on my way, ran on, I was grinning, Watford, we were winning, Hornets, fans were singing, I'm a first team player baby, I play in the back four, the fans say cheer me 12 is my number Cos I'm Lloyd Doily I'm hard to get past You'll never beat me 12 is my number Cos I'm Lloyd Doily And every single boss Has tried to drop me 12 is my number Cos I'm Lloyd Doily Lloyd, do Watford players listen to From the Rookery End?
3: I'm sure there will be a few people with their iPods or iphones
4: there was one thing i did hate for my first goal we'd still wait getting stick from my mates and then came qpr a cow crossed my head met the ball flew into the net a night i'd never forget i'd gone and scored a goal the place went mental absolutely radio rental celebration experimental i didn't know where i was going baby I play in the back four The fans they cheer me 12 is my number Cause I'm Lloyd Doyley I'm hard to get past You'll never beat me 12 is my number Cause I'm Lord Doyley And every single boss Has tried to drop me Twelve still my number Cause I'm Lord Doyley Before I was in The back four Watford was so bad, they were so, so bad before I was in. The back four Watford was so bad, they were so, so bad. I'm hard to get past, you'll never beat me, 12 is my number, cause I'm Lloyd Oily, I play in the back four, the fans they cheer me, 12 is my number, cause I'm Lloyd Oily, and every single boss who tried to drop me, 12 still my number, cause I'm Lloyd Oily. I'm Lloyd Doymey. And that's
1: absolutely brilliant. Now that's how you celebrate, isn't
4: it? This is British Amulonga doing the conga on From the Rookery End. Do, do, do. Come
1: on the
2: choo, choo,
1: choo. Like train the floor. Well, last month's podcast, we have the competition for you to win a signed... Franco Zola name sign it was the, the sign that was put in front of him at his very first press conference as Watford manager he, uh, he signed it for us when we, when we met, went to meet him um, Jason said the question, Jason the question was the question was what was the
2: aggregate score between Watford and their opponents in games in which Gianfranco Zola
1: has played and the answer Jason was
2: 2 all the two games then two games were both uh, Watford Chelsea games uh, in the Premier League season of 1999-2000 first game was here Alan Smart scored in a 1-0 victory for the Hornets Uh, reverse fixture was at Stamford Bridge 2-1 Chelsea I seem to remember early goal for Chelsea we equalised and then I think Harley got the winner John Harley I ah, love John Harley you do love John Harley I didn't he. that day I'm pretty sure it was him that scored the winner but Zola, yeah, Zola I think he played started one game I think he came sub in one in the, other, in the other one
1: we talked to him uh, about it in part two of the interview we have with him which is coming up later on the winner though was was Alex Delaney uh, and I we get that right in the post Alex keep listening because we'll have though. more competitions on from the Brooklyn end soon Dave, uh, you'll go to uh, to turn the wheel, give it a spin. Very nice, right? That's we the technique of the, uh, well, he's got some speed up on that one. And uh, we'll see how it comes up. What comes up? Who knows? The wheel of fortune will tell us soon. And it is pass and possession, a uh, a mantra you suspect. For Mr. Gianfranco Zola, was this a fifth competitive game so far this season? Yep. Three league, two in the in the league cup. Dave, how are
5: you thinking about Gianfranco's approach to to football? This is that well, this is the third game I've seen live. I fair to say it's been a mixed bag. I was immensely frustrated by the performance uh, against Ipswich, and I was saying to my friends that. I'm really not up for a season of Nosworthy and Taylor passing it to each other and then Almunia and then we lose the ball. Uh, And to be fair, Ipswich played well against us. They did the right thing. They closed us down and we didn't look good enough on the ball and we weren't and we deserved to lose, albeit slightly unluckily at the end. Um, But Saturday, last Saturday, was fantastic. The first half from us was some of the best football I've seen Watford play in years and years. And the point about it was we didn't just keep the ball for the sake of it, we kept it and then we used it well and we looked threatening and I, what I thought was interesting was not just keeping the ball but looking threatening with players off the ball so you look at some of the runs I went back and watched the game if you look at the runs of Vidra off the ball absolutely superb there's no point keeping the ball just for the sake of it what Vidra did was open up space and angles and opportunities and you saw with his goal he took it so well um, and I, you know, I really enjoyed it if we played like that it would be great I mean, tonight's game You know, we've changed nine players and it's been difficult and it's not been a great game. It's a bit of a reserve team atmosphere. But Jason, what was the, what was the difference then
1: between, for you between the Ipswich game and the Birmingham game?
4: Uh, I think
2: there were two sides to it. I, the first, first thing was the way that Ipswich and Birmingham played differently. Mm-hmm. I thought Birmingham let us play our football a lot more than Ipswich did. Ipswich hassled yeah. and hurried us. Uh, Lee Clark said in his post-match interview that he'd watched, or well, had us watched when we played Ipswich. Can't believe that for a second because no. it just didn't seem to be anything that Ipswich did that they had success against. Sounds us like week. it should be illegal anyway. Uh, had us watched, <laughs> 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 um, but the way we played as well looked a lot better. I, uh, my biggest concern on uh, the Ipswich games that we played was in plays like separate units. The midfield seemed to be quite compact and on their own. The front three all seemed to be playing very separately. Um, Yet, against Birmingham on Saturday, they, they certainly played together as a team a lot more. I think having Iwaluma in the side mm. seemed to benefit the, the front three. Definitely, they, he seemed to bring the other um, front players in with him. Uh, and I think we saw that as well against Ipswich. We certainly right, looked end. a lot better with Iwaluma in the team uh, against Ipswich as well. And I think he, he proper, seemed to play closer together. He's, he's a proper striker. And you, know? yeah, and you can I'm see it. Of, we looked, the Ipswich game, we looked most threatening when going up the left when Poodle was going up the left mm-hmm. uh, making those overlapping runs where Vedra was, was out on the, on the left was sort of coming inside and getting closer to Iuluma when he was on Poodle was attacking that space and we looked a lot more threatening. And I, and I think they carried on into the game against Birmingham. I like and that's, way, where, that's where the penalty came from, wasn't it? Poodle yeah. uh, over I, like, I like the
1: fact that you using the word threatening, Jason. Oh, yeah. I like it a lot less threatening.
3: I, I, I like the way Jason says Poodle. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd to have curly hair.
1: <laughs> but, um, but, <laughs> best, you know, best in show, <laughs> <laughs> but the show, poodle. But Jason mentioned a lot of the new players. What are you thinking about some of those new boys? you have seen a few make their debuts today. I know we can't give full detailed analysis of them no, but what, what are no, your initial
3: thoughts well I think the, the problem everyone thought Zola was going to have was a he was very adamant he's going to stick to his footballing philosophy he's going to stick to playing football which is fair enough but the problem he's got is a he's got to maintain that uh, at championship level and as you as you mentioned shot comes in oh. just right away as you mentioned a lot of new players have come in so he's got to get what is basically a brand new squad playing a brand new type of football very quickly in a tough division now I think both uh, Jason mentioned Bidra there. He's the one that's caught caught everyone's eye. Brilliant finish against uh, against Birmingham. Really good. Uh, Alman Abdi doesn't look 100% fit, but he's um, um, he's been sort of instrumental in a few of those um, few of those goals. Obviously scored against Palace. So those are the two that have caught my eye for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, and you know it's just so early on. I think it's well publicised. A lot of them aren't fit, so they're getting a bit of game time in their legs. And
1: that, that's actually my biggest worry is that. We, they, they all haven't had what you would call a proper pre-season. They aren't match fit now. Or well, when are they going to be match fit? The only bit that's sort of, I'm making me a little, feel a little more comfortable about that is the fact that he isn't rushing. So isn't rushing these boys into playing first-team football, which is sort of good. That he isn't sort of trying to get them. Because last year, we know, we know that you know, Owella had to be played at certain points. He wasn't 100% fit. He made mistakes. crowd got on his back, and all of a sudden we sit in this place of negativity. I'm, I'm not saying he's amazing but it, it feels better the fact that is holding them back a little bit more what about the the older boys, let's say the ones who have been here at least a season any of them stood out for you Dave?
5: I thought I actually think to be fair I mentioned Taylor and Nosworthy actually I thought they played extremely well on uh, oh almost a oh, goal and we lost in the last minute to Bradford oh, in oh, the league it. is it wrong to out. say that better than that than extra time I don't know
3: oh. What's
5: we're out of the Cup. Uh, we're out. We're not going to Wembley this year. Cause we're oh, going well. Up. And the rookery um, empties. Rookery empties. I oh, know, I I think Taylor and looks look better. I think we were talking before about unlikely stars. We talked before about in the Viali season, if we try, I try not to remember that debacle, but <laughs> looking back at it, you know, Paul Robinson was someone who was touted as not really going to be Viali's sort of player, and yet he triumphed that season, and as a left wing back when we didn't play Helgerton there and he did very well and he went on to have a very good career or carried on having a very good career someone else seemed to be wearing Mark Yates' shirt on Saturday yeah, night because he gave an outstanding performance in centre midfield fantastic uh, you know he passed really well he showed for the ball lovely pass for the Vidra goal and I really like that Um yeah, maybe he's this year's unlikely star. You know, Who knows how he'll fit in. We have so many players now. That I think one of the main challenges is how do you keep them all happy? Inevitably, we will shed some players on loan and probably have to let some go. We've sold Massey and you know, rumours about others going. But Yates could be this year's unlikely star. and That's what a I sentence love- i never thought I'd... Shed, but I, is, I, so. It's
1: amazing. But what I, what I think what his advantage... And there we go, I final whistle. First voices of dissent already. A <laughs> floating around, has
3: to be
1: said. Uh, but what I think really, what what benefited Yates was him playing in the centre, where he doesn't have to run as much, he doesn't have to take on players, because even though I'm sure that's what he made his name doing, he, it isn't what he's good at. It isn't what he's good at. Um, Jason, what you what else do you think about it? Or... Well, that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> about, about, about. About what you see on the pit, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
2: I think we've summed it up quite nicely. It's very much a work in progress. It's getting the guys that are already here to play that football, see if they're capable of playing that football. Uh, And again, we talk about the new model, the new way of working, getting those players in to to fill in the gaps where we haven't already got those those skills and and, and talents on the pitch playing the zone away. Um, It's interesting, if it doesn't work, I, I get the impression from what we've seen about the puzzles and read about the Pozzos so far at like Granada and Udinese is that this is how they like to see their teams play football yeah. as well so if it doesn't work is it a case of they get rid of Zola and they bring in another manager who likes to play football that way yeah. to see if that manager gets something different out of the players that they've got so I, I think I'm I, quite happy to remain patient and, and see how it goes for now um, work in progress keeps getting mentioned and, and I think that's it I, that, that's the way I see it and but there's, nothing to, there's, take
1: it. there's certainly nothing to complain about is
4: there?
2: get the podcast
1: and vlog sent straight to you
2: subscribe at fromtherookeryend.com
1: We've, uh, we're outside the ground now after 200 feet. Um, is it wrong that I'm not that disappointed? Yeah, I think it is, really. Well, but why am I thinking that? It's annoying. It's yeah, a bit annoying.
3: Yeah. Look, we, we need, should be going to, to win every game. And, yeah. And it's frustrating. You know, we flippantly said, you know, we joked, oh, it's better than extra time. But it isn't really, is it? I'll go home and I'll mull it over on the way home. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? And I'm annoyed but, we won't be in the know draw. What? But
1: you yeah. I think the thing I've got in my head, probably, I'm not that disappointed is because I know that isn't... Yeah, that was a new team.
3: it's and sounds
1: like she's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, I know it's a new, yeah, it's a lot of new players in there. Things weren't sort of settled. We are a new team. Maybe my expectations, maybe my expectations are slightly lower.
3: Yeah, I think. I think people turn up at the uh, Capital One League Cup, garlic Cup. Not getting paid. You Cup, have the sponsor. Yeah, no, Oh, detail,
2: huh? oh uh, Jason, the, can you
1: name all the sponsors?
2: What the the League, of Cup. The League Cup? Oh man, uh, Milk Cup, Rumble O's Cup, Littlewoods Cup. Coca-Cola Cup, Worthington Cup, uh, Carling Cup. Are there any others? Have I missed any? If that's right, that's brilliant. <laughs> uh, and, and of course, Captain I said Cat Going back to the original point, we should be going out to win
3: every game. We're always looking to, you know, lapse into manager speaking, but you want to see <laughs> positives, don't you? In- the, the, the Bradford goal, he did have to make a couple of saves. A lot mm, of them were sort yeah. of long-range efforts. And effort off the
2: post was, yeah, uh, was unlucky. Yeah.
3: And it's gutting, you know. It's really mm. one we want to go on, especially after a good win against Birmingham, you know. Yeah, yeah, we bounced back from, yeah. that, from that, what was a poor display against Ipswich. It's Ipswich <laughs> with a good win against Birmingham we've had another chance to sort of put away a, a lower league side tonight and you know we've let it slip through our fingers and then we have to start again you have to get that momentum again from somewhere and it goes back to what I was saying about how he gets this big squad playing together as a team yeah. and part of that is momentum people feed off it you know if someone sl- slots in then they're going to do so they're in a, in a team that's confident they help each other you know, we've all played a little bit of sport you know what that's like being part of a winning successful team it spurs you on and uh, they've got to pick themselves up again now. We, you could have done without it, really.
1: Well, let's pick our mood up by pieing part two of our interview with uh, with Gianfranco Zola or You've seen Signor Van Persie join Manchester United for
2: twenty-four million. Well Jason starts
1: off asking him
2: about is a player really worth that much money?
0: Well, I've seen players sold for for more than that. Don't forget Carroll was sold for thirty-five two years ago. So, no, I think the price those prices are are extreme but they are dictated by the by the market Mm. you know there's a team who is desperate for a for a striker for a good striker and there's another team that doesn't want to sell his strikers so the price goes up and up and up Mm. until
1: But you 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 know you were a player uh, you know a very high such a player, and you got sold 4.5 million when you got sold to, che- five, yes. to Chelsea. Was we were discussing last night? I forgot was that a lot of money? Then did it come with a lot of pressure?
0: Uh, it was decent money. It wasn't big, big money, but uh, it was a different situation. It was uh, the right condition. I was having problem with Parma. Parma had uh, three strikers, and they had to make a choice. So they choose uh, the, 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 the older one, the one that they thought. Uh, you know, he could have gone. So circumstances have mm. created a, a good deal for Chelsea. Do Otherwise, you, the, the, probably the, maybe the price would have been slightly bigger. Maybe. And you think it,
3: you should have come. It should have been more. It <laughs> <you're> worth more. <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as a player, Jan is there a pressure? Do you think you know someone has paid 4.5 million? Well, no. Even 25 even, million. Yeah. Do you feel, or do you just write? I on to do a new job now.
0: No, I, I know that uh, sometimes the price, uh, you know, when you see and you hear about uh, those, those money, that money that is, uh, is, uh, is paid for a player, it's, you say, it looks like it's crazy. But it's, it's the consequence, as I said, it's consequence of the, the circumstances. Circumstances they made a good price for me for, to come to Chelsea. Circumstances they made a big uh, money for Carroll, for example. <laughs> Um, so therefore, it's tough to see.
3: You, you also had a hugely illustrious career, played under some, some big managers. Is there a particular manager that stands out that you sort of base your style on now? Or did you learn anything
0: particular well, from uh, any of your managers? Well, the, the one, the style of play that obviously I'm trying to play, but I mean, for me, it's been an inspirational manager, Guardiola, because the way he played his Barcelona team is fantastic. And, uh, and um, so I like uh, his style of play whether you can replicate that, I don't know, because obviously you have uh, players of that uh, stature.
1: But, uh, but the idea of football is, is very good. You've played against big teams. Um, if you could pick a five-a-side team, the best five-a-side team you either played with or against?
0: Well, I would play Maradona, Careca, for sure. I would pick Maldini. I would pick, uh, Bar- uh, pick Maldini and I'll probably play a midfield that will play probably... Oh, there, there's a big twist. Maybe Zidane? Oh, <laughs> OK. <laughs> it's not a bad a one. Team one team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A cheeky one. Not defenders, so only one. not two defenders. Okay. Goalkeeper? Uh, goalkeeper Buffon. Okay, It's a pretty decent a
3: team. team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You make a team and try. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, what's the worst place that football has taken you? The worst place I've been in football
0: probably was uh, we played. Uh, I think it was. I don't remember whether it was Lithuania or I think it was Lithuania away in uh, winter time with the national team, and, and it was uh, the, the period of the communism okay. in the. Uh, it wasn't a nice place to go. <laughs> okay. and, and talk to us about the World
3: Cup, John. Because you played at the World Cup, but you got you got sent off, didn't to... you?
0: Yep. <laughs>
3: and it
0: was a bad decision. It was a terrible decision. <laughs> it was really bad. I didn't even touch the. Yeah. So, so having suffered um, at the hands of a bad decision,
3: there's a lot of people. The, the diving is a big thing in the game these days. How do you, as a manager,
0: deal with that with your players? If you is it something you talk about? I never ask them the players to dive. I never. I'll never encourage them to to go down on the floor or to, to, to cheat it's not it's not nice I think uh, we should start on that I mean it's I know the the kind of person that uh, wants the result at all costs so I, I just hope that uh, the, the, the players my players don't get that because uh, because I, I don't give those messages but um, would,
3: would it be something you tackled if, if someone did, if, did dive and they came in and they won the penalty, for example? Would you say, I'd rather you didn't dive, or would you just, it's on to the next thing? You just...
0: I'll be cunning if it doesn't score. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, would, I wouldn't encourage them, but I know sometimes it happens because, because you do that. But uh, I'm not proud of that, but I know it happens and I know it's going to happen. This certainly, certainly, I don't encourage that. But I know, unfortunately, it will happen because there will be moments in which, uh, you know, you, you will do that. Uh, but uh, but uh, I don't encourage
1: that. So you've been to, say, the, the worst night you had. Where's the best place football has ever taken you?
0: Uh, probably it was uh, Barcelona. Barcelona, when we Camp Nou, when we played Chelsea in the, in the in
1: Champions League. Does, those big, when you're playing big games like that, you there's big-time players... How is it? How is it different for players to be in those, those situation? How, how is it? What makes it different? Well,
0: because uh, as a footballer, you know that you are playing against against uh, fantastic uh, top, uh, probably the top players in in uh, in, uh, in Europe, and you play in one of the best places uh, like the Camp Nou. So. You, as a as a player, you f- you feel these things. You you, you know that because at the end of the day, a football a footballer uh, is what is, is maximum uh, is maximum ambition is, is to to play in places like that and against the best players in the world.
3: And obviously, a new chapter now You're here at Watford. With everyone's obviously delighted to, to see you here. Have there been any surprises since you arrived here?
0: Well, the the, the quality of certain players. I saw them playing last year, and uh, and I didn't expect them to have uh, qualities uh, that I'm, I, I found out. The it's good. And technical abilities. that
3: was no, really encouraging. It's something that Watford fans will be pleased to hear. You played against Watford
0: twice, I think, in your career. Can you, re- can you so, remember yeah. anything about that? Once games? I lost 1-0, I do remember. You <laughs> remember as well. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know you. No. It was straight after we beat Barcelona 3-1 in the in the Champions League. But I didn't play the game. I mean. <laughs> no, and the other one I don't remember. I think we won maybe 2-1. 2-1, yeah, 2-1 no, was it more?
4: No, no, no. <laughs>
2: A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans, from the rookery end.
3: So, this is the last time we will talk about this Bradford City game, but it is a historic day. This exact date, 30 years ago, was the first time Watford kicked a ball in the First Division. It was the the first game of the season in the First Division, home to Everton. We won two goals to nil, and obviously it was the start of a wonderful season for Watford. Uh, And to commemorate that... yes. We are writing a piece in every Watford home game programme, league home game programme, to commemorate that season, looking back over that season, over that year, um, because it was an amazing time for the club. Um, A lot of people won't know a lot of the stuff that went on, and hopefully it's eight pages in the middle of every programme, and hopefully it will provide a bit of insight into that year. Fond memories for those of us that do remember it. Great photographs. Photos, clippings from the newspaper of the time and some words by uh, by me. <laughs> Bring it all yeah. together. Uh, so, yeah, if you do get a programme, check out the middle pages. Hopefully well worth reading. If you've got any feedback, hope, you know we can change the thing as it goes on. We wanted to make it interesting for you guys, so have a, have a read of that. Um, it's really interesting. It's a, a real great great period of Watford history, so check it out and, and let us know what you think.
1: OK, so that's going to be in your match day programme for every league game well, this season. As of well as the as little From the Rooker end page. Where
3: else would you find... <laughs> comparing Olympic sports to for players
1: <laughs> the mind of Michael Parker thank you mate for, for listening thank you for today to run off uh, for a train um, for, for, for taking part in, in the podcast and his uh, passionate views um, we'll be back again at the end of September you can get in touch with us always email us podcast.fromtherookery.com there's Facebook uh, facebook.com forward slash rookeryent and there's us all on Twitter Mike you are uh, rookery Mike I am rookery John that's J-O-N and Jason Jace Bailey so get in touch, uh, keep involved, uh, we want to hear your views, we want to hear your questions. And if you have questions for, for the club that you want to sort of answer, I'm not saying we're gonna be able to get them. That's right. I'm gonna go back to that point, because it's, it's a big one. Cool. You know,
3: a lot of people are very positive about the about the positive takeover, and I think there can be understanding for, for being positive and, and excited. But you know, let's remember, let's we raised a lot of questions in this podcast, what happens if they pull the plug? So let you know. Let's stay alert as fans. Let's enjoy the ride, but let's you know. Let's stay interested enough to to sort of ask those questions.
1: So let's hope for a fans' forum fairly soon. Sure. To start answering those questions. Thanks for listening. Uh, Keep in touch. Come on, you Come all. On. Oh.